Welcome to the True Vine Podcast. Wherever you are listening, we hope this inspires you, builds your faith, and brings perspective that God is moving in your life. Enjoy the message. Praise the Lord. I pray the blessings of God upon you today. What a thrill it is for me to be back with True Vine and get the opportunity to minister in the Word of God with you today. It would be my preference to be with you in person as it would be for my wife as well but Lois and I are thankful and appreciative that we can be with you online if not in person so we minister today and the next three revival services over the next two weeks and we are looking forward to what God is going to do here at True Vine we are looking forward to what God will say to us the direction he'll give to us and the revival that will happen in these next couple of weeks. I give high honor to Pastor Tom Durance, my friend, your pastor, and high honor to First Lady Durance. We love and appreciate these wonderful people of God very much. Also, we want to greet your tremendous ministerial staff and all the leaders and our friends that we have here in True Vine. God bless you richly in Jesus' name. I want to direct your attention today, as I'm led of the Holy Ghost, to the book of Exodus chapter 14. And I'll begin reading at verse 9. And I want to share with you that I am preaching today what I feel to be a prophetic word from God. God has given me this word specifically for true vine. And this is an accumulation of experiences that I have experienced over the last few weeks as a lot of our church is starting to open up. And also this is observation and then much, much more. This is mixed with prophetically what God has put upon my heart. And so I'm very anxious, very excited to preach this word to you today. So let's look at Exodus chapter 14. Begin reading at verse 9. Understand this is the time when God has delivered the people of Israel out of Egypt's bondage. And now freshly delivered, they are following the directions of God. And in verse 9 it reads, But the Egyptians pursued after them all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh and his horsemen and his army and overtook them in camping by the sea beside Pihahiroth and before Baal Zephon. And when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them, and they were sore afraid. I want you to see that they were more than just afraid. They were sore afraid. And the children of Israel cried unto the Lord, and they said unto Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore hast thou dealt thus with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? Is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, Let us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians? For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. And Moses said unto the people, Fear not, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show to you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen no more, who you have seen today, you shall see them again no more forever. And the Lord shall fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. 
And the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore criest thou unto me? Speak unto the children of Israel that they go forward. This is what I'm preaching today. Go forward. Go forward. We are very familiar with the story of the deliverance of the children of Israel. But let me help put into context some cultural things that were happening here. So Pharaoh refuses to let the children of Israel, who have been enslaved in Egypt, released and go so that they can worship, so that they can serve their God, so that they can move to the place that has been promised unto them, the promised land of Canaan. And so God has sent these plagues, 10 plagues upon the land of Egypt. And every time a plague would come, Pharaoh would simply change his mind and decide, okay, you can go free. And then after the plague was over or after God had taken the plague away, then Pharaoh would say, no, I changed my mind. You can't go. But there is a systematic operation of the Holy Ghost or the operation of God happening here in Egypt. Because after a few of these plagues that come and Pharaoh hardens his heart and won't let the people go, now the scripture begins to declare that God hardens Pharaoh's heart. Pharaoh now has no choice, for God is making sure that Pharaoh's heart is hardened. That seems counterproductive. Why wouldn't God just let Pharaoh release his people? Because there's a systematic destruction that's happening to the pantheon structure of the gods of Egypt. Egypt worshipped a multiplicity of gods, at least ten gods. They worshipped the sun god. You can find this very easily studying Egyptian history. I believe Ra was the name of the sun god they worshipped. They worshipped the god of the river, the river Nile in particular. They worshipped the god of the livestock, the god of the air and the atmosphere, etc. So God is systematically destroying every god in Egypt. Jehovah, the one true God, is coming against every God that Egypt's worship because Egypt needs to know there's one true God. He is Jehovah God. Not only does Egypt need to know this, but Israel needs to know and understand this. So God will not let Pharaoh hearken unto the words of Moses and let God's people go. He keeps hardening his heart until every one of the pantheon structure of Egyptians' gods are on their face, like the Old Testament story of Dagon, when the Ark of the Covenant is in the house of Dagon. Dagon falls and bows before the Ark of the Covenant. Every god of, of Egypt is now dead and gone. He has been conquered by Jehovah, the sun god. Well, the plague of darkness that came, the livestock god. Well, the hailstorm that came and destroyed the livestock. The river Nile, the river was turned to blood by a plague from God through Moses. So over and over, the destruction of all of these gods have happened in Egypt. This is where we have been living today in the U.S. of A. in 2020. Because all the things that our world, our nation has worshipped as gods, you want to know where our gods are, our idolatry in America. It's where all of the money in America is. It's in our entertainment world. It's in our government. 
It is in even in our medical facilities and medical operations and our medical world. And I'm not preaching against any of these things, government, entertainment, or medicine. But all of these must have a proper place. And when we allow the experts of medicine to be above what the Word of God and the Spirit of God says, it becomes a God. And when we let entertainment be what we pursue for our joy and our happiness, it becomes a God. Only God can give these things. So everything that we pour so much money into as a nation becomes godlike, And the words that come from these entities becomes an infallible truth because it comes from our little G-O-D-S gods. And so understand that these things have bowed their knees in the last three or four months. And all of these things we depended on have been gods so for so many people in the U.S. are now on their face bowing their knees to the true God because the medical world has spoken to us and then they changed their mind a dozen times or more. They are still trying to practice medicine. And I thank God for all of their efforts. But we cannot look to them as the final authority in these days. They are just another voice. And also the entertainment world has been non-existent. Our professional athletes have not been entertaining us. They have not been able to because of this plague, if you will, that God has allowed to come upon the land. Government has not had, whether you are one party or the other, it doesn't matter. There's been no answer, no true direction from government. And now all of these things that the U.S. has depended upon, like the story here in Israel or the people of Israel in Egypt, all of their gods have been defeated. And the only true answer that we have in the U.S. today is the Spirit and the Word of God. We must get our direction. We must get our strength. We must get our joy. We must get our wisdom from the Word of God and from the Spirit of God. So now the Scripture begins to tell us that the children of Israel are delivered from Egypt's bondage and they come out with a high hand. That gives a beautiful picture of a people that have not snuck out or somehow just barely escaped, but they have come out with a high hand. That means they have come out boldly. They have come out with authority. They have come out with great purpose. This is always how God delivers his people and understand that this is his purpose for us today, for us not to squeeze out of this situation we're in, but to boldly come forth with power and strength out of this global pandemic, out of this uncertain financial situation, out of this fear and anxiety that has gripped our world, our nation, and so many of our lives. So, they came out with a high hand. God gives them specific directions. He wants them to travel with Pihahirath on one side, Baal Zephon on the other side. The Red Sea will be in front of them. And this is the specific directions that God has given his people. He is still leading and guiding his people in the midst of everything that is going on. Now, Baal Zephon means cold winter destruction, and Pihahirath means mouth of the gorge. So you can see that God positioned his people where there is no way to go to the right, 
no way to go to the left. And now the barrier of the Red Sea is in front of them. So they seemingly are in a cul-de-sac. They seemingly are in a boxed canyon. They seemingly are trapped with nowhere to go. Destruction on one side, gorge of falling off cliffs on the other side, and the Red Sea in front, a barrier that they cannot cross. And while they are seemingly at this barrier, they look behind them and what they feared the most. Please understand that this is exactly where we are in the U.S. of A. This is what we fear the most, our personal health our government not being able to help us and give us clear direction, our medical facilities not having a sure word. This is where we are. It's what we as Americans have feared the most. And they turn and look behind them and see Pharaoh coming with his power, with his might, with his strength, with all of his abilities to once again overtake them, maybe kill them in the wilderness, maybe enslave them again and take them back to Egypt. And when the people see these problems coming against them, the scripture says they were sore afraid. This speaks of a level of fear and anxiety and panic that actually affects them physically, emotionally, spiritually, that they have become sore that they are affected by this fear that is upon them. And when people get to that level of fear, we as humans naturally, we have a tendency to instantly rebel against authority. We instantly don't trust authority in our life. And so they began to cry out against Moses and they began to cry out against God. This is again what you can see in our nation and beginning to happen even all around the world. That people who have come to a place of fear so great are rebelling against authorities in their life. They're rebelling against spiritual authorities into their life and they're blaming God. They're not turning to God. This is what we are seeing in our nation. And that's why all of the lawlessness, all of the sin is arising to greater degrees. And we're seeing thefts to greater degrees and violence to greater degrees. And we're seeing more murders than we have seen per capita in just the last few months. People are afraid. And when humankind gets sore afraid, this is their actions. We need a God that is not the government, not the medicine, and not the things we have leaned on, our entertainment, etc. We need a God that rules from heaven with authority and power and knows everything that's happening here in our lives and on our earth. We need the voice of God leading us, the word of God speaking to us. So understand that this is exactly where God led his people. His back was not turned. They do not get to this barrier of the Red Sea. Nowhere to go on the left and right by accident. This is where God led them. Just like we are in the place where we are today. Because God has directed our steps. He has allowed this to happen to our nation and to our world. He has allowed the economy uncertainty. He has allowed all of this because what he will do is show his power to Egypt,
and show his power to the children of Israel. He will show his power to this entire world and he will show his power to his children. This is where we are. And so God begins to speak the words of instruction and direction for the children of Israel through Moses. And the first thing that he says is that you've got to fear not. This is the first message that all of God's people have to hear. We have been acting inappropriately because of fear. Our actions because of fear have caused us to lean on so many things and to try to seek direction for our life, direction for our health, direction for our joy from all these voices that we're hearing around us. When in reality, we are the people of God. We still need to hear the voice of our God for our direction, how to direct our lives right now, today and the weeks coming up, how to direct our lives in the spirit as well, how to direct our health, how to direct our finance, how to direct our joys and our happiness as we go forward. We need to hear the voice. So don't be afraid of where we're at. God is in control. And then he speaks the word, stand still. So number one, fear not. Number two, stand still. And that means this, it does not mean, first of all, to not go forward, as he will tell us in just a few verses. But he means stand still, not as to don't do anything, but to stay stable in what brought you here. That it is the Lord our God who is a supernatural God that brought us out. And so stand still in his power, stand still in his word, stand still in his direction, stand still in his authority. This is what we are supposed to do as the children of God. We're going to need to shut out some voices so that we can hear the voice of God. We're going to have to turn off some voices and turn off some influences, perhaps of social media or media, whether news or fake news, it doesn't matter. Turn off all of these things of what this so-called expert thinks and what this expert thinks and listen to what thus saith the word of God and what thus saith the Spirit of God. It's what brought us to this place. So let's stand still in the confidence and faith that God is in control. He is still at large and in charge. We trust him. So we stand still as being the children of God, that he is our God. He is our direction. He is our strength. And Moses now begins to speak to the people of Israel that they need to go forward. That seems to be a strange statement because there's a barrier in front of them. They can't go to the right. They can't go to the left. Pharaoh is chasing them, but they are spoken to go forward, to go forward. And so they have the opportunity to break through the barriers of the Red Sea. Here's the promise that we need to hear. That if we will stand still and let God fight our battles. He supernaturally brought us here. He will supernaturally take us through this. That we will see the salvation of God in our lives. And the enemies that have pursued us, we will see them no more forever. This is a great prophetic opportunity that we are in right now that I will deal with in just a minute.
1947, the U.S. and the world had just come out of World War II. And there were great advancements that were made in avionics during the world, during the war, rather. And we have had uh, tremendous airline pilots that became our, um, or airplane pilots that became our dogfighters in the war and were very proficient. One of these was Mr. Charles Yeager. And now that the war had ended, there was a boom of engineering of avionics and and a desire to know things concerning aeronautics. And so we have decided to pursue this particular field, in particular the U.S. has. Now, there had been in the war a few undocumented cases where pilots had thought they had broken the sound barrier, that a plane that was not built to fly as fast as the speed of sound had gone into a dive, and trying to get that plane out of the dive, some pilots claimed that they had broken a sound barrier. But this was not documented, but because there were claims of people that they could depend upon, now we began to think perhaps we could cross this barrier that we had never crossed before, the sound barrier. So now in 1947, engineers and architects and those in avionics have built a plane designed to break the sound barrier. It was called the Bell X-1. And they had chosen the test pilot that would be the one to break the sound barrier as Mr. Charles Yeager, Chuck Yeager, as we affectionately call him. And now they have this plane that can fly 764 miles per hour at sea level standard temperature. And then at 30,000 feet could fly 640 miles per hour. But the Bell X-1 was designed to break the sound barrier at 40,000 feet, traveling up to 1,000 miles per hour. So now the day is at hand. And this aircraft weighing 4,892 pounds, very lightweight, takes on 8,000 pounds of gasoline for this short trip that will take it off the run uh, runway, 40,000 feet in the air, just accelerate to break the speed of sound and enough fuel to land again. 8,000 pounds, almost twice the weight of the plane. And so Mr. Yeager takes off. He's at 40,000 feet. And on the radio transmissions, they are talking back and forth. And they're asking Mr. Yeager, what's it like up there at 40,000 feet in the Bell X-1? And Mr. Yeager begins to give them a documentary, a play-by-play -play -play function of bolts that sound like they are unscrewing rivets that sound like they are popping out. He said it sounds like this entire airship is about to explode and come apart. It feels like the rattling and the shaking that the wings are going to fall off at any moment. There is so much turbulence that we are dealing with. The heat from the compressed supersonic speed on the front of this plane, on the front of the wings, is causing great heat within the cockpit. And he's telling all all of these stories, how it looks like he's going to die, how it looks like the plane is going to explode, how it looks like that he is going to absolutely fail and die and cease to exist. And some on the ground began to tell him, Mr. Yeager, bring Bell X-1 down. 
Let's do more tests. Let's, let's uh, put our engineers together for more studies and more talks. Let's, let's do more test flying before we actually go through this. And then Mr. Yeager begins to speak some powerful words as he begins to tell those that are listening to him on the radio on the ground. And he says, no, the Bell X-1 was built specifically for this purpose, to break the barrier, to break the sound barrier. He said, everything in my life that I have done up to this time, even as a child, has prepared me for this moment. All of my life in the war, all of my life in preparation, all of my life as a teenager, as a child, has prepared me for this moment. And since the plane was built for this and I was prepared for this, let's go forward and he began to ease the throttle back and, and the plane lurched forward to break that sound barrier and at that moment there was a huge sound of an explosion and people on the ground began to fear that perhaps what they thought was going to happen perhaps what they had cautioned was going to happen the thing that they feared the most that somehow man was not built to break the sound barrier. It's a barrier that we shouldn't cross. You know, the whole idea that if man was built to fly, built to fly that he would have wings on him, that type of deal. That if we were meant to go past this barrier, that somehow it would have been easier for us. But as they are thinking these thoughts, they look up in the sky and don't see pieces of plane fall into the earth. But they see that beautiful supersonic cone cloud of what happens when you break through the sound barrier. And they see on the other side of that cone a plane that is fully intact, that seems to be flying with authority, with strength and power. And now they hear on the radio Mr. Yeager celebrating as he is shouting, Whoa! Ooh, on this side of the barrier, you won't believe it. There's perfect peace. I don't hear the screws as they sound like they're coming out. I don't hear rivets as they sound like they're breaking and popping. It is no turbulence on this side of the sound barrier. Perfect peace. Perfect tranquility. Perfectly flying in authority like this plane was built to fly. This is what God is speaking to us in the middle of what we have been dealing with, with global pandemic and all the fear and all the anxiety that come upon us. It is time to not be afraid and realize that God's back was not turned. He allowed us to be in this place where we are globally because there's some things we have battled. There's some things we have fought individually and there's things that we have fought as a church that that we will face no more forever. This is an opportunity of breakthrough for individuals in the church and for the church. But we can't let fear consume us. We can't let fear be what dictates our choices and our decisions, whether we are at home or whether we are beginning to come back to church and have social distancing. We must be apostolic. We must be a child of God.
We must not let fear consume us. We must stand still in the understanding that we have a God and He is more powerful than all sickness and disease. He is smarter than any government, any medicine. He gives joy like no entertainment can and we trust Him. We stand still in His purpose, His word, and our belief that He loves us. We're His children and He's our God. And now we've got to hear the words of direction. It's time to go forward in the midst of this pandemic. Go forward in the midst of this financial uncertainty. Go forward. Go forward as being led in the people, as the people of God. Go forward in our actions as apostolics. We need to go forward in apostolic prayer. Intercession needs to be made. We need to go forward in apostolic fastings. We need to go forward in apostolic church services. Even if they're in our dining rooms and living rooms, we need to have church in our homes. We need to go forward demonstrative praise and worship because these are the things that give us power and authority as the children of God. And if we are not able together, together as one in church, then we will still have church where we are at. This has been my observation and my um, sensing of the Holy Ghost and also what God is speaking to me prophetically, my experience. I've had the privilege to preach in several churches as some begin to open back up. And as some are having their first church services, I was privileged to be there. And then I'm preaching a lot uh, like I am today here at Truvine by video or by Facebook Live, etc. But this is what I'm seeing in my experience and what I'm observing and what I see in the Holy Ghost. That even when we began to come back to our churches and those that have had the blessing to begin to open up again, our people are coming fearful. They are coming with a whole lot of caution. And I'm not a preaching against caution, but I want you to understand what's happening is that we are listening so much to the voices of everything that we hear around us that we have become cautious in our praise, cautious in our worship. Whether you are at home having church or whether you are able to come to a building together and have church and social distancing, this is what we have to understand we are not like everyone else. We still must be apostolic in praise because this is our weapons. And too many of us, this is what I've observed, have not had demonstrative praise these last few months in their home or as they've started to come back to church. And because there's not been demonstrative praise that destroys fear, that puts anxiety behind us. Demonstrative praise that magnifies God and asserts in our spirits that He is who we follow. He is who we pursue and the clapping of our hands and the shouting of our voice. There is fear that has begun to consume us. But this is how we fight our battles. This is how we overcome. And this is the opportunity for the world to see Everything that's happening to the world is happening to us, but still we have a praise, still we have a worship. And because of our demonstrative praise and worship, there's joy, there's peace, there's strength. Some of us have not had church for a while. And this is observation, experience, and what the Holy Ghost has showed me.
And as we have come back to church, it's been amazing how seemingly apostolic, cautious our people have been. I'm not talking about the, you know, social distancing and mask and the things that, that we need to do. I understand that. But we have come back and instead of being apostolic in our worship and apostolic in our message that we receive the word of God, we have become very much sedated. So this is what I understand by the Holy Ghost that's happened. We've turned on Facebook Live and watched our church services, but it's been more of a documentary. We have watched church while we were eating supper. It became more of an entertainment that we watched. We decided to take phone calls in the middle of preaching or mowed the grass or chores around the house instead of having church at home. And the leadership that has brought us the opportunity to still get a fresh word from God. It is our Moses that has been preaching to us online, speaking a fresh word from God. But instead of hearing the fresh word from God, we have viewed it like a documentary or just an entertainment or something that we had to mark off our list as we did what we were supposed to do. And the fresh word from God that God gave to our Moses, that God gave to our pastor, that God gave to our leaders has not been received as a word from God, but rather it's been received as an entertainment or some news that has happened. We need to make sure that whether it's in our homes or whether it's when we begin to come back to church and there's social distancing, etc., that we let the Word of God speak to us. This is one of the most powerful ways that the Spirit of God leads us and guides us and directs us. We must have demonstrative praise or fear is going to make us sore afraid. And we must have the Word of God spoken to us that we receive it with our full hearts and we agree with it and we have altars in our home that allow it to just soak within us so that we can have true church whether it's at home or whether it's in our services because this is the only way that we'll hear the voice of God to go forward and if we will go forward in the midst of this and still be apostolic whether at home or whether you're gathering at church, still be apostolic. This is our opportunity to break through barriers. I have come to tell you very plainly and very emphatically today, the church was built for this opportunity. The church was made specifically for this. It's the church that was built at the gates of hell and the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. And the church is powerful and cannot be hurt. It cannot be destroyed when times are good and it cannot be destroyed when times are not as good. The church will be triumphant. The church is predestined. And I'm here to tell you that you, and I have been prepared exactly for this moment. Everything in our life has brought us to this moment of opportunity. God has allowed us to fight the lions of sicknesses before of diseases before in our bodies. And we have testimonies of how God gave us victory over the lions and victories over the bear, like David would declare. But now when this giant is before us, the same thing that gave us victory over the lions and the bears will give us victory over this uncircumcised situation that we are dealing with right now. It is still God that has prepared us and brought us exactly to this place. And here's the prophecy I promise. And I'm closing.
This is the kind of positioning that when God positions the church in a place exactly like this, where there's nowhere to go to the right, there's no way to go to the left, there's barriers in front, and everything that has chased us individually and everything that has uh, made us slaves as a church now are an opportunity for us to break through them. I'm telling you this. This is the position where if we will get this praise and this church and this altar in our home until we get the chance to come to church. And then when we come to church, we won't be guarded in our worship. Do what you have to. Do social distance. Wear a mask if you need. But still, there needs to be a praise. There needs to be a demonstrative praise. And if we will be apostolic and go forward in everything we know to do as apostolics, there's things that we as individuals have fallen to the same trap over and over, have made the same mistakes, that this opportunity is the opportunity for God to supernaturally destroy what keeps hounded us from our past and to never see anymore the battle that we have faced as individuals. And for the church, it is the same promise. We have the opportunity, if we will go forth as apostolics, that the things that have hindered us from the end-time revival and the operation of the gifts of the Spirit to have the liberty that we preach about and that we talk about and we experience to a small degree, God will fight this battle for us. And what has hindered us no longer will hinder us. This is the prophetic word of God for us. I want to pray for you right now. And ask the Spirit of God to put an impartation of faith upon your heart. That even while you are watching this message, you let it be more than a documentary or a video that you're watching. But you let it be church in your heart. And that you let it be church in your home. You let it be a word of God that affects you. And you'll start having hands clapped and hands upraised. Your praise will be demonstrative. Destroy out with your battle, with your weapons, the battle of fear that's come against you. And you'll let the Spirit of God speak to you in this revival, in this word. And through your Moses, through your pastor, through your leaders. Would you let me pray for you right now? God, I speak to true vine and to this beautiful community. God, the words you've given me for this beautiful church would not fall on deaf ears. But let our ears hear what thus saith the word of God. And let us have church right here where we are. Let us have altar services. Let us have prayer intercession. Let us have pre-service prayer. Let there be demonstrative praise and worship because this is who we are. We are apostolics and we will go forward as apostolics. I pray this faith of impartation by the power of the name of Jesus Christ and by the authority of the word of God. We speak this in the name of Jesus. The authority of the word of God. By the power of the name of the Lord. In Jesus' name. 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 God bless you richly. I'm looking forward to the opportunity to be with you the next couple of weeks and to have tremendous revival services knowing that God is speaking to us prophetically giving us clear direction. Love and appreciate you. Look forward to seeing you in just a few days. Thank you for listening. Special thanks to those who give generously to this ministry. It is because of you that this ministry is possible. You can visit our website or church app if you would like to give. And if you enjoyed this podcast, you can subscribe, like and share it with your friends, and tag us on social media. 
because we want to witness with you what God is doing in your life. Thank you, and God bless.